So I'm going to have to put some of this into high gear, so just to keep within the, the framework of time, the most evil of taskmasters. So I need you to pay attention to the first part so I don't have to repeat it. This morning, I'm going to offer to you three hypothetical scenarios. Okay? I want you to listen to them, consider, and choose which one of them fits you best based on initial, initial attractional response. When you hear a scenario, if you say, oh, yeah, that's me. All right? Okay, that's the response. In other words, when you hear the description, you have an aha moment, a yes reaction, or a that's me recognition. The first scenario will be represented by a yellow ticket with the number one on it. Okay, so if this scenario, the first scenario, gives you an aha moment, and you put your hand up, I'm going to get you a number one yellow ticket. Okay? That's right. The second scenario, by a blue... Number two ticket. And the third scenario will be a green number three ticket. Okay. When you hear the scenario read, if it connects with you, then you simply have to raise your hand when invited and you will receive the corresponding ticket. One, two, or three, yellow, blue, or green. Now for the sake of ease and the elimination of a lot of questions, none of these opportunities will actually happen unless you decide later that you want to live out one of them and invite others to join you. These are just made-up scenarios, okay? But if they were to happen, there would be no cost to you to fully participate. There would be no further requirements beyond accepting the appropriate ticket. This would be an all-expense-paid, all-needs-provided, travel, food, transportation, proper clothing, housing, etc. If you can think of what you would need to do it, then it would be covered for you. So you don't have any other questions to answer today other than, yes, I want to do that, or something similar to it. So no worries, right? Also, if after hearing scenario one, you choose... Uh, the yellow ticket, and then you hear scenario two and decide you want that more than number one, at the end of all three of them, you can, I'll give you an opportunity to change, all right? So that at the end, what I want is you to fully realize, if I could do one of these three things, this is what I really want to do, and it's represented by that ticket, okay? So here we go. Scenario number one, who wants to be my yellow ticket distributor? All right, come on, come on. Oh, good, thank you. All right, here's the scenario. You've been invited to spend a holiday weekend with 20 of your closest friends and favorite family members at a local Airbnb home selected to accommodate all of your guests at maximum comfort. 
providing favorite foods and drinks, large screen TV with surround to sound for sports games, as well as a wide selection of your favorite movies to watch together. There will also be a wide selection of favorite board and card games available, swimming pool, hot tub, and a large deck for lounging and talking are all at your disposal. Three full days of food, fun, family, and friends who have gathered just to be with you at no cost or expense to any one of the invited guests. Who wants a yellow ticket? And there's one over there. Any other yellow ticket takers? Okay, who's going to be my blue ticket distributor? All right, Jen. A little better tonal quality with the blue tickets. Okay, scenario number two with the blue ticket. I'm dropping green tickets here. You have been selected to come and share your story. I like this. This is unique. At a TED Talk, everyone know what a TED Talk is? Ever see a TED Talk? Well, you can see them online. As people get like a brief amount of time to share their thing. And some of them are really excellent, right? In front of an audience, and then they have discussion afterwards. So this is a, at a TED Talk type of format, a dance party. <laughs> ah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Look, some of you are like deer in the headlights here, like. <laughs> I can see others with their feet moving. This is good, yeah, okay. You and 300 other selected individuals from every tribe, tongue, and nation will be there together to eat, drink, dance, laugh, and come to get to know each other at some deeper level. In order to facilitate connection among the guests, you and several others will, have, will be selected to share their stories, including something about their religious or mystical experiences. This will be followed by a time of open discussion around a dinner feast of samplings of food and drink from every country represented at the table. The individual who presents the most convincing case for their beliefs gets to choose the musical venue for the remainder of the event. Who wants a blue ticket? All right. Much more animated group here, huh? <laughs> Everybody's going to walk through this. Right? Oh, the same amount of each of you. Something's going on. Yeah, huh? <laughs> well, three's the goers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Any more blues? Any more blues? All right, who's going to be my green ticket taker? Jeff, come on up here, buddy. Typical church balance, two, two gals and a guy. You know? Tell me we don't need women in ministry. Okay, here's ticket number three, the green ticket. You and one companion... Or you're going to get a response out of this. 
will be given the use of a Volkswagen four-wheel drive camper van for one full year. (laughs) Won't be my Vinny, though. Fully supplied with food, fuel, gear, and money for supplies along the way. You will be provided with an electronic international language device so that whatever you speak will be immediately translated into the language of the location you are at anywhere in the world. Isn't that cool? They make those, you know. You won't need AAA, baby. You will be flown to an undisclosed starting point. <laughs> See, there's the taker right there, an undisclosed starting point, right? A location somewhere totally foreign to you. You'll be given roadmaps in English as well as a series of books and tapes explaining the customs and cultures you will encounter after you get there. The goal of the trip is to establish a relationship in at least three different cities or towns with a family or small group of people who would be interested in learning more about what you could offer them through future communications with you by return visit, letters, or electronic communication. The possible locations are South America, Africa, and the Far East. Who wants a green ticket? All right. Yellow, huh? Okay. Does everybody have a ticket? Okay. Anybody who does not have a ticket, you can kind of respond to this next request, all right? So take a look and just take a minute to consider the ticket you chose up against the tickets you did not choose. Let me ask you if you're holding your heart's desire in your hand, or do you wish you had chosen another. Does anyone want to change their ticket? What do you want, Tom? He wants a yellow. Anyone else? Anyone want to change their ticket? Anyone without a ticket want a ticket? Down here? Two. Number two. All right, number two for Paul. Peter, what do you want to do? You want number three? Down there. Peter, could you put your hand up again? Number three? And you're going to take away that number two. 
No, you got to go by, by your heart's desire, not by, not by reasoning. So what did you want? Number three. We got an exchange here, number three for number two. Anyone else? Last call. Going once. Down there, number three. On the van, you'll have to do your own cooking. Okay, you guys, have you chosen your tickets? Yep. All right. Thank you for your help. All right, very good. You did a great job with that. Okay, so. So we all settled? Everyone happy with their tickets? Okay. So what is this all about? These little scenarios are first indicators of Jesus' investment of a gifting and calling that he has graced into your life your character, and your perception of what is meaningful in the world. This investment is embedded in your spiritual DNA, the very structure of your life at the level of your soul and spirit. This core truth is about you, when understood, helps you to understand certain propensities, desires, and imaginings that you may have for your life that help shape your life's purpose. They also help to explain why some other people's propensities, desires, or imaginings seem ludicrous to you or even offensive. Right. So here's a brief description of what these propensities represent. If you're holding a yellow ticket, or you yellow ticket people, you are what we are going to call a settler. Settler. You tend to feel most fulfilled among friends and family and preferably at home. Holiday family gatherings tend to be centerpiece events in your yearly calendar. Holidays at home are happy days. Right? The settler keeps the home fires burning, the lights on, and the tea kettle warm to keep the community secure. I'll give you an example of this. Um, at the end of the service today, this, this is my take, I have to go to Martha's family's Christmas party, which is at the... <laughs> Did you catch that? I have to go. Right? Now, Martha gets to go. You see? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Okay. I thought that was a really good example. Right. Uh, uh, that's right. <laughs> and and thus and thus that's why I have to go. <laughs> to keep the home fires burning <laughs> and the tea kettle. <laughs> uh, see when you understand how this stuff works, it can really benefit you. 
<laughs> okay, if you're holding a blue ticket, how many blue tickets we got? Okay, good, good, good. All right. You are what we will call a prospector. You love going out and meeting new people, and when you do and you connect, you connect deeply. You hold a blurred line between family and friend. You love to host friends into your community to have them experience the things you love, meet the people you love, and to share the joy of relationships that bring meaning to your life. You love going out, but always with the hope of returning with a new friend or a new story about a new person or group you have encountered. The prospector loves to bring home and share the treasures he or she has discovered to enrich the community they are part of. And if you have a green ticket, you are what we will call a pioneer. Now, Martha loves these terminologies. We've been dealing with them for the past week. Okay? Pioneers, who for the most part, feels the settlement is boring. <laughs> boring. Adventure and challenge are the lifeblood that fuels their souls. Here I am, send me, is the inward desire and the outward cry of this breed. When they leave, they may not return to the starting point, but they will always reproduce what they started with and usually as an improved version. Although they don't like living a settled life, they love starting new settlements to move on from. <laughs> so you might ask, where do these propensities come from? If they are, in fact, embedded in our spiritual DNA, how did that happen? Is it part of our human nature or part of our born-again nature? Or could it be, drum roll please, Rick. Thank you. As the vineyard would say, both. Doesn't have to be either or. It is both. Hmm? Well, the best place to look for answers is always at the beginning, so let's go to the beginning. Genesis chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. Hang on to that sentence. There was no man to work the ground. And a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of, the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. I'm going to skip over the names of all that. 
and the fourth river, the Euphrates. And the Lord took the man, took the man that he formed, and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. So what is Adam doing in the garden? He's settling. He's keeping home. Right? He's settling in to God's purpose, God's calling, developing what God had given. He's tending the garden of the Lord. He's housekeeping for God. Hmm? Genesis 2.18. Then the Lord God said, It's not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So what was Adam doing? He was prospecting God's creation for the treasure that God had hidden in it for him. He looked at all of the animals. He looked at everything that had breath in it, and he kept searching and kept looking and finally decided, you know, what I'm looking for isn't here. God knew where the treasure was. Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. And then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one. You know, I, I think it's a truism for humanity in these days. They're all looking. They're all searching. They're all seeking. They're looking for a treasure. Yeah, I was asking Eric, hey, what, what do you know about Bitcoin? Have you seen those Bitcoins? Bitcoin, is that what it is, Bitcoins? I keep seeing these have bitcoins are going to twenty five thousand. Okay, wow, should I invest some money in bitcoins? Yeah. Then I read another ad. Don't invest money in bitcoins, you know. But I'm prospecting. You see, we we have an inclination. Not only do we want to keep home, we want to prepare for the future. We want to go out and get the treasures and bring them into our home, and, and make our place secure for the days to come, for our children, for our grandchildren, for our heritage, right? So this is innate in us. We're prospectors by nature. Genesis one twenty six. Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill 
the whole earth and subdue it. Green ticket guy here. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on it. It is in us to be pioneers, to see what's beyond the next hill, to find out if that tribe over there has heard about Jesus or what the needs might be in our community. We're always going out, always investigating, always finding out where the kingdom can intrude into. God instilled all of the attributes of settlers, prospectors, and pioneers into Adam so that they could fulfill God's will and desire on the earth, develop life-producing relational habits. How important is that? Life-producing relational habits. You got any? Mm -hmm. And expand the influence of God's garden economy into the rest of creation. That's the calling, isn't it? Kind of much, pretty much puts it in a nutshell. But not only did God give them these propensities, but he also gave them the abilities needed to complete the commission. And now I, I just love this statement. Jesus comes along, right? After all of this goodness, ability, and propensity has been corrupted by the wages of sin. Jesus comes along in the fullness of time, and he says this statement, this very profound statement in John 14, 9, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is, as the writer of Hebrews states in Hebrews 1, 3, the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. What God was in the garden at the beginning, Jesus was in the earth when God manifest in the flesh. If you saw him back there, you'd recognize him here. If you met him here and you got a glimpse back at history, you'd say, oh, I know him. Okay? No distinction. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Okay? This is an important issue. In both visual impact as well as strength of character and purpose of will, Jesus is at one with the Father. And part of his redemptive purpose on the earth is to restore the Father's original intent concerning humanity's purpose and calling, utilizing exactly, exactly what the Father utilized in the garden to accomplish his kingdom task through humanity. I only do what I see the Father doing. I only speak what I hear the Father saying. He could not do other than what the Father does. So look at your ticket. Yellow, settler, blue, prospector, green, pioneer. I want you to hold up your ticket and ask the Lord in prayer, Lord, how can you use me as a settler, as a prospector, or as a pioneer? Good, ask him that in prayer. I'm just going to shut up for a minute. Okay, I hope you're hearing something from him.
And if you did, I, I got to ask you, do you need to change your ticket? <laughs> Greedy guts. <laughs> you get them. You get all three. What one do you have now? You got a green. Who wants to deliver these other two? This very bold woman. Okay. Now remember, and some of you won't be surprised that we end up here, we've been talking about the ascension gifts of Jesus, the fivefold ministry. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, being fully expressed through the life of Jesus and now gifted to the church incrementally so that when the body of Christ functions in unity, Christ is fully on display. Think about how huge that is. When we function in unity, the world does not see us. They see Jesus on display. I think that happened at your dad's memorial yesterday. That was the testimony that the world gave. We've never seen anything like this before. See, the church came together in unity. Jesus was on display. Hmm? What Jesus has done in his redemptive ministry is to reclaim the Father's original giftings to Adam, once corrupted by sin. He has redeemed them to be fully functional in purpose and impact and enhanced your natural inclinations to settle, to prospect, or to pioneer and awaken them to their original spiritual intent. Why? Well, I see three possible reasons. Number one, to establish a place of safety and grace where the fruitfulness of life on the vine the true vine can be cultivated, nurturing the needy, strengthening the weak, awakening our slumbering spirits to the abundance of the kingdom of God living, giving refuge to the outcast and comfort to the downtrodden, rest for the weary and safety, salvation and protection from the assaults of darkness and evil. A divine garden, a divine garden, my father's house the salvation of the Lord, number one. Number two, a new reality from which to venture into the darkest strongholds of the gods of this age and rescue the captive, a place to be trained in prayer and spiritual warfare so that we can be in the world and not of the world, fully equipped with the word of God both as logos as well as rhema the written word and the revealed and expressed will of the word become flesh. And number three, a place from which we can look beyond the mundane of life and catch glimpses of the age to come and the tension between God's will and our desire that compels us beyond our self-inflicted restraints, allowing us to set our affections on things above where Jesus is seated to view our world, our circumstances, and our potential through his grace-filled eyes 
so that we can all see the garden of God, his kingdom, ever-expanding with the green light of go. My favorite. (laughs) Ever-flashing bright in our hearts until the heartbeat of my life becomes this, Matthew 28, 19, go therefore, go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here are three transitional possibilities from natural inclinations to spiritual applications. Yellow ticket, the settlers. Fivefold gifting as shepherd or teacher. Caring for the nurturing in the, of the community. Caring for and nurturing the community. That is the role of the shepherd. That is the role of the teacher. Okay. Blue ticket, prospector. Evangelist, right? It's there going out to seek and save the lost and adding them as treasure to the community. That's what the evangelist does. He goes out and brings in to the community. Green ticket, pioneer, prophet or apostle, outward focused. The prophet towards God's purpose and agenda, he keeps the community rightly focused in their word and deed, and the apostle is the kingdom expander, the garden grower church planter and ministry starter. There is never enough and no limits to what can be done. Which one of you? Anyone want to change the ticket? <laughs> you want them all too? <laughs> Before we pray, let me close with this final scripture that I hope will give you some understanding of what Jesus is able to do with these simple propensities that are inherent in your life already. Because if any of those three scenarios were attractive to you, God's already at work in you. Listen to Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, far more abundantly. I mean, how big is that? Then all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. So this is, this is what I'm, I'm going to do. This is something that we do in uh, the Sockham class at various times. And uh, the first year that we had Sockham and uh, Eric and I went through the training to facilitate the classes uh, and we were given this information and told this is what you do. Uh, it's called activation. And, you know, so you're going to speak this stuff out, and then people are just going to do what you've just spoken out. I thought, yeah, sure they are. You know? So we got these people who have never prophesied, never had a word of knowledge, and you stand up in front of them and say, all right, right now in the name of Jesus, I activate the gift of word of knowledge in you right now, turn to the person in front of you and give them a word of knowledge, and bam, they're all over each other, just pouring out these words. It just activated. And I'm thinking, like, what? What? Are you kidding? Well, of course. Jesus wants this more than we do. 
You see, he paid a price. And when he ascended, he turned and he gave gifts to the church. He wants this active in our lives. So rather than pray, uh, come Holy Spirit, you know, and, and do an altar call if you need prayer, and certainly you can get prayer uh, anytime. What I'd like to do is, you know, you got your ticket. You know what that ticket represents. You know the possibilities. You know your own propensities. You know, if you like to host people in your home and you really, you really like hospitality, you know, uh, maybe you ought to think, Jesus got a pastoral calling on my life. I want to take this to the next level, Lord, you know. Or if you really like to get down and dirty with your kids and work on a car and teach them a trade or, you know, take them out into the woods to chop wood and show them how to provide heat for your family for the winter and invest your life into other people, maybe you ought to consider God has invested in you the heart of a teacher. Maybe it's time to go to the next level, Lord. You showed me what it means to be an anointed teacher in your house. You know, if you like going out to dance parties, how many enjoy the gala, the Love 146? Have you gone to that gala yet? I mean, those things rock. Since they added dance to it last year, really a good time. You know, I'm not much of a dancer. I enjoy going there. You know, I've made a lot of new friends from the community outside the church who are interested in this social justice thing that we're presenting of, of child sex trade trafficking and exploitation. I mean, it isn't just the church that wants this stopped. But when you get together in that commonality, there's a bond and a friendship that develops that draws them back in. See, that's evangelism. It's evangelism. It isn't just standing on a corner with a track. Actually, that doesn't work too good anymore. You know, the best evangelistic tool you have is you. Right? Present your life. Present your beliefs. Present your Jesus in the things that you do and say and in your activities. If If you're that way, then maybe God is calling you to be an evangelist. You know, do you have a prophetic anointing on your life? Are you hearing things from the Lord? Yeah, you know, he's always talking to me. I got this journal, you know, it's like eight volumes long from last week, you know. I mean, what are you going to do with that, right? Or get antsy, sitting there on still here, Sunday. You know, when are we going to do a trip? Who's going out? Who's going to Africa? You know, hang out with Lois for a while. She'll get you into Ghana, you know. Uh, church planting. Man, I wish we had a church over here. You know, I'm going to go hang out there and see what's going on with these people. You know, it isn't just location. Do you know how many people groups we have in, in Laconia? Hmm? Now, I'm not talking about ethnicity. Someone say that word for me. Thank you. I'm talking about we, we've got people groups of drug addicts. People cluster as alcoholics. They cluster as heroin addicts. They cluster as homeless, right? You, you go to homeless communities every Monday, don't you? They, they have little villages set up in one- and two-man tents all over Laconia, 
See, that's a people group that we need to go out to, invest ourselves into, to draw them into the kingdom, right? The food pantry. You know, we call it our other church. We integrated communion every third Thursday into the food pantry for people who have become believers but still don't come anywhere on Sunday. I meet him in Walmart and he says, oh, pastor, how you doing? I said, do I know you? Well, I go to your church. You do? When? Every Thursday. Every Thursday I'm there. They have breakfast. They get prayer at the intake tables. They receive food. They get clothing. All the things that Jesus talks about in Matthew 25 happen to them at food pantry. It's church people. See, there are people group who are being ministered to. We've gone out to them and invited them in, and they've come, and they've created a community within our community, and it's, it's stunning. It really is stunning to stand back and watch it. The possibilities are so abundantly above and beyond anything we could ever hope, dream, or imagine, and the truest same for you as an individual. So you caught a glimpse of your possibilities in a little ticket that you're holding in your hand. Do you want the Holy Spirit to activate that and take you to the next level? If you do, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Even if you're running off to the ladies' room, you're already standing. So you get it by proxy. Now, I can't tell you thus or such is going to happen. I've never done this before. But by faith, I believe something will happen if you believe God has a purpose for you. And in faith, you're standing up and saying to him, Lord, take me to the next level. He's faithful to do. He just is. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus and by the presence of your Holy Spirit in this room, we activate the giftings and the callings, the propensities uh, that are natural to us, and we ask you to transition them into our spiritual realities that we might apprehend your purpose for our lives at a deeper level. Now, Father, the giftings that we've discovered in us today, you would take to a place where we can actively invest them into the lives of those who have far less than we do that we would be able to minister your salvation, your redemption, your grace, your mercy, your healing, your deliverance, O oh God. All that you came to give, you gave to the church to carry on. And Father, we desire to be united in this purpose, that we would radiate Jesus Christ in our community, whether it be in this building, Lord, whether it be in the workplace or the marketplace, in the playground, oh God, in whatever we're doing, in the dance halls, wherever we end up, oh God, that your spirit would well up uh, in us and we might proclaim the gospel of your kingdom. Expand your garden, oh God, and bring fruitfulness to the ground that we take in the name of Jesus Christ. So I activate that gifting. And everyone who's standing up right now, receive Receive the anointing that enlivens the gifting right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you as you did in the garden, breathe on these dust-bound giftings and make them living souls. 
In Jesus' name and for your kingdom's sake, amen and amen.